Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. And so today I want to talk about patience. In case you hadn't worked out, I want to talk about patience and the fruit of the Spirit. And one of those being patience. And I, I sort of joked last week, I, I can't wait to do this talk. But I kind of, I am a bit of an impatient person. You know, just before Christmas, uh, we were in a car driving through London as a family. We were going to go visit, um, going to go see West End musical Matilda. It was an incredible experience. It was Lottie's birthday present. And the car was filled with children and family. And we're in the middle of London, driving through London. And everyone is in the back of the car with their various devices. Everyone's happy on their devices. And, and we are stuck in traffic. We've been driving for two hours. We are stuck in traffic. And we're in the middle of Kensington, outside Harrods. And I've got my, our previous car, which was on its last legs. And, and, and I couldn't get it from first gear to second gear because it was on, it, literally, the gearbox was about to fall out of the car. I had to use two hands to change gear. And so you can imagine we are queuing along in traffic. And every time we kind of get second gear, second gear, oh, first gear again. Push it back into first gear. And I am struggling. And I am not enjoying this experience. When suddenly my wife Lottie announces at the top of her voice, I love driving through London. And I look at her for a long time because I could look at her for a long time. There was nothing happening in front of me. And I said to her, I said, darling, you have never driven in London. And she looked at me and I think she realized that this was not going very well. She said, yes, you're right. She said, but I love being driven through London. And at that point, apparently, I went very quiet and my fingers clenched the steering wheel a little bit more. I'm not a very patient person. I'm probably the wrong person to do this talk. I've got more to learn than I have maybe to give. Maybe you suffer from a bit of impatience. Maybe it's a regular occurrence. Maybe there's an everyday situation you have to put up with. Or maybe, don't look at them, maybe there's a spouse or a loved one in your life that is a little bit impatient. Isn't it a shame that sometimes we express our impatience with those that we love the most? You know, the world says that faster is better. That the, the faster we can do things, the better it must be. I wonder how many of you are sitting there today thinking, I wonder how long Sim is going to speak for. How many of you would, be like, would like to have a two-minute talk this morning? Anyone? No? Well, you've already had the two-minute talk. Who would like a five-minute, ten-minute? Maybe we could do a little voting system. Put your hand down over there. Wow. You know, everyone wants more in less time. Can we make things faster? Because faster means better. That's what the world says. But is it always true when it comes to communication? We used to have to dial a phone. Remember that one? Some of you, you had to put your finger in the phone and dial it around. And then, and then you go to the next one. You had to dial up a phone and talk to someone on a, a phone that was attached to the wall. We had one of those ones with a really long cable when I was a child, so that when you were chatting to your boyfriend or girlfriend, you could go into the kitchen and hide away in like a cupboard because it was attached to the wall. And if your brother was annoyed with you, he would unplug the phone. You could do that in those days. But now, no, we want faster, we want better, and so we can actually actually create ways of speaking across the world using our smartphones, using touch-sensitive screens, and we can communicate quickly, efficiently. When it comes to food, we used to have to grow our own foods. We used to have to dig it out of the ground, prepare it, clean it, present it, cook it, eat it. Not anymore. 
We can go to the shop and we can buy a beautifully packaged, processed uh, item which we can stick in a microwave for a few minutes. Ding! And then we have a perfect meal for one which we can sit in front of the television with our mobile phone in the other hand and we can just shove our face full. It's so much better. Faster is better, isn't it? And then when it comes to relationships, relationships, well, we used to do this thing called dating. I don't know what it's called anymore. You used to meet somebody and you used to have those awkward kind of conversations where you knew you liked that person, you thought they might like you, but you had to somehow work it out and you'd go on dates and you'd have meals and you'd have those weird conversations and you'd walk along the street, you'd brush hands to see would they grab my hand or not. Or maybe you'd do the cinema move and you go to the cinema and you do the little stretch and over the top and if they shrug you or nudge you, you know it's not really working. But now apparently I've heard there are apps and you swipe right if you like them and left if you don't very much. Because you can look at them and go, no, no, thanks. No, no, thanks. Oh, that looks lovely. Yes, please. Faster is better, isn't it? Or maybe when it comes to transport. You know, transport used to take time. It used to be hard work. You used to have to kind of plan your routes. But now you can just jump in a car and drive anywhere. Most people have more than one car in their household. We now have three drivers, two cars, and we're a bit frustrated. We've only got two cars. And every morning, Zach, myself, and, and Lottie, we have to have these negotiations about who gets the cars. What's happened? Faster is much better. Or is it? I wonder if many of you would prefer things to be faster. When I was a child, uh, you've got the video ready there, Aaron. This was, this was my Saturday, this. Some of you are going to appreciate this. If you're 35 and older, you will know what this is. Anyone know? It was not a Commodore 64. It was a Spectrum 48K loading screen. I play this to my daughter. She's nine years old. Dad, what is that? She said, it hurts my ears. I loved it. And we'd sit there next to the screen and just wait for three and a half minutes or longer because often it wouldn't work. And eventually, if you fast forward it to the end of the video, you'd get to the end of this waiting moment. And in front of you, can we skip to the end, Aaron? Because I don't want to wait three and a half minutes for that noise to finish. Can I get there? And, and oh, no, can we skip? We can't skip. Oh, that was the moment. That was the moment. No, is it not going to? Start start, that is what used to happen. Start again. That's one of my favorite games, Manic Miner. You get to the final screen, and there was this thing with horrendous graphics and terrible sound. And you would go, can we, can we, can we please fast forward it? Aaron, you're just, you're just annoying everyone. I mean, that was what I lived for. That moment. It hasn't, it hasn't failed the tape cassette. Some of you have no idea what a tape is. It was a cassette. You put it in, you press play, and you watched it go round on your C90, whatever you had. Amazing. Then were the days we thought fast was better. Well, when it comes to games, I definitely would prefer just to hit a button on my, uh, my smart device and have a game instantly appear than have to sit through three and a half minutes. You know, but maybe faster isn't better. Carrie Fisher said this. She said, instant gratification. Even that takes too long. Instant gratification is not fast enough for the world that we live in. We're always trying to fit more into our day. We're trying to squeeze things, everything we can do. Can we make that faster? Can we make that more efficient? Can we reduce our time? Here's the thing I discovered this week. You can actually buy one-minute bedtime stories. You can buy one-minute Bible stories. 
Because let's be honest, if you're a parent whose time you know, kind of limited, you want to go, well, let's just fit in the bedtime routine as quickly as possible. I've got four children. This would have been a great idea. And we're going to go, bang, one minute, done, next. Because that's what it's all about, isn't it? Putting our children through the bedtime routine as fast as possible so we get some me time on our various devices or whatever we're doing. One minute stories. What, what, what is the point of a one minute story? And I don't want to kind of bring in some things today that would be annoying. I don't want to go to those, you know, like those kind of motivational quotes where someone says, well, less haste, more speed. Never quite understood that one, but my mum used to say, less haste, Simeon, more speed, or good things come to those that wait. Did anyone ever believe that one? Really? Sit there going, good things come to that what? And that normally meant when you saw your mum was handing out the food, and she'd say, it's all right, good things come to those that wait. I think, well, I'm waiting, and the food is disappearing, and I feel like I'm the last one on your list. Good things come to those that wait. I love this quote from Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman played the role of God in Evan Almighty, and he says this about patience. If someone prays for patience, do you think God gives them patience, or does he give them the opportunity to be patient. It might just be a film, but that's quite profound, isn't it? Do you think God just gives us, or do you think he helps us learn how to be patient? I wonder. Galatians 5 is where we are going to be reading from. It's our key verse, this teaching series. Some of you know, a year ago in January last year, we announced at our Vision Sunday that we were going to try and find a permanent home for Freedom Church. We're going to find a permanent center. And over this last over 12 months now, we have been looking and looking and looking. And last February it was that David Carr and myself, we had a meeting with owners of a piece of land. And they were interested and we were interested and we started a conversation. A year later, we're still having conversations. I want to be able to tell you all that's going on and I'm not able to. And I'm like, this is really frustrating. And I've often rang up David and said, David, what's happening? What, what, what's going on now? And he said, Tim, you, you just have to be patient. And I've loved hearing it when he said that to me. Oh, thank you so much. And I figure God's trying to teach me through something of this. And I tend to just go, right, I'll go for a walk. I walk around this piece of land. I pray. I say, God, will you please make this happen? Because I can't. It's out of my control. Patience takes place when you're not in control. Galatians 5. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I want to quickly, for those who are less patient, today go through five different things about patience. Number one, patience is better. Patience is better. Hopefully we agree that impatience bad, patience good. Some of you are not so sure. I want to suggest to you then today that patience is better. Proverbs 16 says it's better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. The world celebrates people who are deemed successful or who have achieved great things, but the Word of God says better that you're patient than you do successful things. Or in 1 Thessalonians 5, the writer there, Paul, to the church in Thessalonica says this, We urge you, brothers, Warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. How's that sit with you all? Yeah, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind with each other 
and to everyone else. Or Proverbs 14, a patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. Patience is good. Patience is one of the great fruits of the Spirit. Patience takes work. Secondly, patience is not simply going slowly. I think we assume those who don't want to be more fast-paced around life just think, oh, patience. That's for people who want to just slow everything down. In 1986, there was a, there was a revolution in Italy. There was a big uprising. There was outrage in the, the, the nation because another McDonald's opened up. And Italy, the home of the slow-cooked food, were absolutely mortified. And crowds came, thousands of people gathered to protest against this local, this new fast food restaurant. And what happened out of that moment, there was a thing called the slow um, movement that started. And it started saying, actually, we think slow is better than fast. There's a way of doing things slowly that's really good for you. But patience is more than just going slowly. Patience is much more than just slowing your life down. You know, sometimes we just try and fill all those empty spaces, as I mentioned, with various bits of activity, and we try and keep boredom at bay. But this quote here from, I think it's spelled, pronounced Gayatri Devi, who's a writer in The Guardian, said this great quote, Boredom is not a problem to be solved. Lean into boredom, not your smartphone. There's a quote you'll be using at lunchtime today. Lean into boredom, not your smartphone. Catherine Healy wrote the book... Um, uh, left to their own devices, which is all about technology and children and parenting, said this, boredom is important for children's development. Boredom is an opportunity for creativity and innovation. When do you have your best ideas? When you're not doing anything. When you're walking, you're showering, you're just doing the mundane, suddenly something pops into your head. When we stop boredom and hold it away from ourselves, we stop God speaking to us and giving us maybe an idea for future possibility. We lose the opportunity when we get impatient and we try and fill in the time with unnecessary activity. Patience is not about going slow. It's about finding something good in the waiting. Number three, patience is God's character. God is patient. It's one of his attributes. It's what he is. It's who he is. We should be patient because God is patient with you. Well, I know he's definitely patient with me. I think he's probably patient with me every single day. He sits there, probably tuts and goes, not again. Really? We've got to go through this again, Simeon? Because I think he uses my full name like my mum would do when I'm in trouble. But 2 Peter 3 says this, uh, Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. Time is not a problem for God. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow on keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God is patient with you. He waits for you. When Jesus was on earth... He was really patient. He was patient with all the people that made mistakes around him. You know, the woman of the well with an immoral life. He was patient and spoke to her, spent time with her. When um, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, who'd messed up big time and stolen from people, Jesus had 
time for him, patience for him. When Peter, Jesus' friend and disciple, made so many mistakes, Jesus not only had patience, he said, Peter, you're, you're the rock I'm going to build my church on. Anyone else would have been frustrated and, and annoyed by Peter, but Jesus had patience. He loved them, he forgave them, he was allowing them to see what God could do through them. You know, impatience, anger, revenge, these are all natural emotions, natural feelings. Patience is supernatural. Patience is not natural. Patience is better. Patience is one of the things that will heal your relationships. If you have a relationship right now that's difficult, patience is one of those things that will help you rebuild relationships. Proverbs 15 says this, A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, and it often is a man. But a patient man calms a quarrel. If you want to you know, make your relationships better, start with patience. Start listening. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's part of God's character. And if you are a follower of God, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ today, I would encourage you to become patient, to be more like the character of God. Number four, patience is your opportunity to prepare. Patience is a chance for you to learn something new. I'm not saying it's fun, but it is an opportunity. It's a space that God has given you to get you ready for the calling ahead of you. You know, a patient person gives God time to work. Not like the story of Abraham. You remember the story in the Bible of Abraham? Abraham was this older man. He was in his 90s. And God said to him, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you loads of descendants. I'm going to give you so many people. It's going to be in your family. It's going to be like the grains of sand on the seashore. It's going to be like the stars in the sky. And Abraham is like, I'm, I'm too old. I, I can't be that person. And he waits, but he gives up on being impatient. And so he becomes impatient, and he decides to have a child with his wife's servant, Hagar. And, and his, his son, Ishmael, is born. But that was never God's plan. God said, no, I've got a better plan for you. And his name's Isaac through your wife, Sarah. And after thousands and thousands of years, we now have this huge Jewish nation, all from the people of, from Abraham, and also all the Arabic nation as well, all from this man Abraham, because of the promise of God. But Abraham wants to speed up God's plans. Are you willing to be patient and allow God the opportunity to prepare you for what he's got for you? Psalms 27, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for him. When God calls you, there's often a gap between when he calls you or when that calling takes place. In the story of King David, King David was anointed by Samuel. The priest Samuel came to the house. His dad was a man called Jesse, had loads of sons. And David was the youngest of all the sons in 1 Samuel 16. And eventually Samuel anoints David as a teenager. And says, you're going to be the next king of Israel. Did it happen the next day? The next week, the next month, it was over 20 years later that at the age of 40, David became king of Israel. There is a gap between your anointing and your appointing. There is a deliberate gap. Why? Because God's got something to teach you. 
If you're sitting here today thinking, I know God's called me to do something in my life. If you know that you've got a purpose and a plan and God's planted a seed inside of you, then I want to suggest to you there is a gap and a deliberate gap for you to learn something before God will give that to you. He wants to trust you with it, but he wants to make sure you're ready for it. If you look throughout the scripture, it happens over and over again. If you look at the story of Joseph, Joseph in Technicolor Dreamcoat, Joseph is an arrogant teenager. He stands there in front of his brothers. He's one of 12 brothers. He says to them, he says, you know, one day you guys are all going to bow down to me. I'm going to be like the king. I'm going to be in charge. And you guys are going to come and bow at my feet. Now, funnily enough, as with all brothers, they weren't particularly impressed by this. So they get rid of him. They chuck him away. They sell him into slavery. And the arrogant teenager who had heard from God, who didn't know how to utilize that which God had given to him because he wasn't ready, goes through a season of shaping up. And he gets sold into slavery. He ends up in prison. And eventually he becomes the second most important person in Egypt. And there comes that day where his brothers kneel at his feet. An immature response would have been to brag, to say, look who I am. See, I told you. Hey, Joe's made it. But he didn't. He responded with humility. In fact, he responded with tears at seeing his brothers, seeing the word of God come to fruition. There's a gap between the anointing and the appointing. And God wants to use that gap for you and I. Owen McManus, who's a pastor in America, says this great quote. When you are immature, you want the spectacular because you don't want to pay the price for the substantial. So many people want everything to happen now. We're living in a world where we want now, today. I want to invest in something I see the fruit of today. Not many people say, actually, I would be happy to invest in something that I never see the benefit from. Or I'm willing to commit myself to developing who I am because I'm looking for something more substantial than what I could be today. Immaturity wants spectacular because they don't want to pay the price for the substantial Last point for you today, number five, patience, I believe, is living powerfully. Patience is not just killing time. Patience is living powerfully in the uncertainty. See, Jesus, when he left his disciples and he'd, he'd come back from the dead and he met with all his disciples and he, he ascended up to be with his Father in heaven in Acts chapter 1, he turns to his disciples and says, I want you to go and I want you to wait for the helper. I want you to wait for the comforter. I want you to go back to Jerusalem and hang out there for a while. And I'm going to send someone to be with you. Uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You're going to receive power. And the word power there, it's like um, there's a Latin version that says posse. Posse means enable. I want to enable you. I want to enable you to become what you're meant to be. The power is an enabling. The Spirit of God enables you. And this power of the Holy Spirit, I believe that patience being a fruit of the Spirit, God wants to enable you to become more patient. He wants you to learn to be patient. You have the ability, if you are a follower of Christ today, filled with the Holy Spirit, to be patient. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It isn't just about, right, I'm going to be really patient today. It's actually, God, will you help me? Will you enable me? I'm finding this situation really frustrating. Will you, by your power, enable me to be patient? Not because I'm naturally patient, but because, God, you are naturally patient. And I want you to work through me. Patience is the ability 
to live powerfully. You're not a slave to sin. You are enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God enables you to be productive, deliberate, intentional, especially when you're not in control. Maybe you right now, you're in the middle of an uncertain situation. You're waiting for someone else to make a decision. Maybe you applied for a mortgage offer. You've not heard it back yet. Maybe you've gone for a job interview. Maybe you've had an exam. Maybe you're waiting for a response and it's out of your control. That's where patience comes in. Coldplay, um, the, the, the band, wrote this song about living in the gap. And they said this, this line, which I've always stuck with me, because I remember I lived in this moment for some time a few years ago, and it was like they say, are you in the black or are you on your knees? Are you waiting between the trapeze? And this image of like you've let go of one thing, you haven't quite caught hold of the next thing, and you're in the middle. You're in the gap. There is nothing you can do but be patient. And I think sometimes we live in that space and we try and fill it. And I want to say to you today, don't try and fill the gaps in your life. Say, God, what are you trying to teach me in this gap I have? I've let go of one thing. I've said I'm walking away from a job, from a situation, from a circumstance, and I'm looking for something else, but I haven't quite got there yet. God, what are you trying to teach me? How can I become more patient? It's a fruit of the Spirit. Romans 12, very short verse in Romans 12, 12 says this. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Rejoice in your confident hope. If you're a follower of Christ, you have a confident hope. Not in the natural, but in the supernatural of the God of all hope. Rejoice. In your hope, be patient in trouble. If you find yourself in a time of trouble, be patient and keep on praying. Let's get the worship team up here if that's okay. Let's be people who rejoice in our hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. You know, earlier I mentioned that I taught when it comes to communication, we used to dial up using a phone. And now we've got fast access to anywhere in the world. We can WhatsApp, we can, we can Facebook, we can do anything we want to. We can communicate all sorts of different ways. Can I encourage you that face-to-face conversations are still the best conversation to have? They're still the best conversation. If you ever need to have a difficult conversation, it's always face-to-face. Take time. It's worth it. When it comes to food, listen, I like to have food in the run. I'd love to buy one of those chewing gum sticks you can get from Ronald Dahl's, you know, from the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Three-course meal in one piece of chewing gum. That would be amazing. But actually, the best meals are the longest meals. They're the ones where you take time. You spend time with people. You find out about who they are. You enjoy their company. When it comes to building relationships, please don't try and fast-track relationships. If you're single today and you would love to find that special person, start preparing yourself to be the person you want to get married. Start preparing who you are in the gap. Don't just lift, sit there waiting. Actually, what can I do while I wait? What can I be patient about? Relationships are important. They take time. The best relationships take time over a lifetime. 
And then when it comes to transport, I encourage you to travel and travel slowly. To, to hearing earlier from, from um, Judith and from Heather about their overseas trips, travel overseas, go on teams, make time to be with people. My best memories of best trips have always been when I've, sometimes I've been stuck somewhere or got caught out on a long trip and I've been with other people and we've experienced something together. Patience is the opportunity to live powerfully in the middle of uncertainty. I don't know if you find yourself today in an uncertain situation, but I want to say to you, now is an opportunity to live patiently, to live powerfully. Ephesians 5 says, make good use of every opportunity. Patience is one of the hardest things to learn. It's probably one of the most frustrating things to learn. If you ever want to learn how to be patient, there's a couple of ways you can do it. One of those I say to people is, uh, go for a walk with a three-year-old, four-year-old child. Ask the parents' permission first of all. Let the child lead you on a walk. Let them lead you at their pace, what they see, what they experience, what they enjoy. Allow them to explore and show you things. It's a very different walk than you going, come on, let's go. Patience is walking childlike and saying, God, what are you trying to show me that I normally walk past every single day, but there's something more powerful to be seen. Patience is not passive. It's not waiting. It's saying, God, through your spirit, what can I powerfully do in the gap that I presently exist in? I wonder what it looked like if Freedom Church was full of patient people, full of powerfully anointed people, that looked out for opportunities in the middle of uncertainty, who were patient in trouble, who kept on praying, who rejoiced in their confident hope. That's the church I want to be part of that lives that way. To finish today, I've, I've written a prayer. I'd like us to all read together. Don't worry, it's really short. It's on patience. can't be too long. And I put a, a prayer up on the screen. I'd like us to stand if you're okay to do that. I'd like us just to pray this together as a declaration of our desire to be people of patience, to be people of the Spirit, to be people of the character of God Himself. And then we'll leave you to the worship team to finish off our time this morning. So you okay to pray, pray this together? Is that all right? Lord, teach me to be patient. Patient with others when I don't know their story. Patient with myself as your masterpiece in progress. Teach me to live powerfully that I might see the God opportunity in every uncertainty. Thank you for being patient with me that while I was still a sinner, you died for me. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.